0: Welcome back, everyone, to MX Asian American. Today, we have a very special guest. You want to introduce yourself first?
1: Uh, Hi, my name is Vong. I'm a game developer, at night at least. (laughs) In the daytime, I'm actually a dentist. But yeah, I've started game developing for a few years now and hope if if my games actually make enough for me to switch over to full-time game developing.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about how and where you grew up?
1: Yeah, Um, I grew up in Malaysia. Um, I was born there. I traveled a lot when I was young because my parents were um, doing a lot of their studies, their medical studies. So I got dragged to uh, the UK a couple of times, um, then came back to Malaysia for my high school and I went through Singapore and finally ended up in Australia um, doing dentistry. And so, yeah, um, been doing dentistry for 13 years now. Um, and then about six years ago, uh, my brother contacted me out of the blue saying he wanted to do some art because I do art as a hobby sometimes.
0: Mm.
1: And he was making a game. Um, so we started trying to make a game together, uh, and he stopped making <laughs> games. <laughs> he actually stopped. But then I discovered that, oh, I can, you know, I can do a bit of coding, I can do a bit of art, and, um, and, and then I suddenly found myself trying to make games.
0: Hmm, wow.
1: Um,
0: so you said you went into dentistry. So how um, did you decide to study that in college?
1: Oh, no, I follow the very typical Asian story. <laughs> uh-huh. After I finished uh, my A-levels in Singapore, I took a gap year to um, to explore a little what I wanted to do. And, you know, my parents sent me to all the professional stuff, right? Like um, engineer, architecture, medicine, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I went to a lot of them. And uh, at the end of it, I turned to my mother and said, "Oh, I really want to do digital art." Um, she didn't have a good response. She's like, no, <laughs> "You're not, you're not, you're not doing digital art." Um, and so I have to admit, unfortunately, at that time, I, I picked the the least of all evils to my mind, which was dentistry, mm-hmm. um, and. That was because um, dentists uh, dentists left the office at five pm. Nobody else did. Uh huh.
0: That uh-huh. was, a, that I was just... like. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very big perk in the medical industry.
1: It is. So... It is for a lot of, uh, for, especially in Malaysia, not many people leave the office at five pm. Um, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a great way to choose a career, <laughs> but that's all I had at that point of time. Um I did dentistry I have to admit I I struggled a lot to accept um dentistry as a career path mm. but over time I over time I I've, I I've, I've made a lot of sort of peace with myself a lot of um, understanding of of what it means to work um the value of actually having a stable trade etc mm. uh so these days, I actually don't mind dentistry. Like, um, I wouldn't. I certainly not a passion.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but it's not as if I can't do it well. Uh, I can't invest into it. Um, I can't do a good job. Um, you know, I I I can appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm I I I earn the money in the family so you know it supports my wife it supports the kids mm-hmm. um it supports my hobbies it allows me to to pivot so mm-hmm. yeah so it's 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 okay now
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I think a lot of people feel like they have to find a career that's like that they have to be passionate about their career path um mm. but sometimes it's not like that and um just like accepting a job is a job is just like a means to earn money um, and you can still like do things that you like on the side um, is also important. You did say you struggled a lot um, in mm. the beginning to accept. Um, yes,
1: so what definitely. do you think
0: like were the ho- hardest parts of like your dentistry career so far?
1: Let me think, to be honest, like dentistry in itself, the the skills required for dentistry, I don't find particularly hard. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't find talking to people hard, um, you, as a dentist, you, you meet with a lot of people, you talk to them and some people hate, <laughs> like face to face. And I understand that can be a problem. Um, I actually don't have a problem with that. I, I don't mind meeting people, uh, even, even when, you know, people, they come to dentists, they're anxious, they're scared and all, all your bad things come out when you're anxious and scared. Um, and it's, I actually find it okay to deal with people. Um, I didn't mind the, the, the technical skill set, although uh, I did find investing time into learning more skills because you graduate, you don't know any everything. Um, so you have to go and learn how to do implants. You have to learn, learn all these things which you yeah. didn't quite learn in, in school. Um, and that one I struggled a bit more with because I, I think I felt that The more I invested into dentistry um the further it pulled me away from things that I actually like doing. Mm. so I felt like oh if I, if I really invest into this dentistry thing, then i can't be an artist or i can't be uh, a writer or whatever it is I wanted to be um, I think that 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 particularly drained me um that that idea of i can't invest into things that I like about that I like. I think the other thing that can be very draining about dentistry, and I think this might go across several different types of careers, is that dentistry can be surprisingly lonely. Mm. Um, you, you don't actually, you know, with patients, they're not, they're not friends. Um, so they're not your social group. Uh, you, you'll find that, especially if you work in a small practice like I have, um, the only people you interact with all day are your nurses. And there's, you know, there's only one or two of them. It's not a big, a big group. Um, and and so you find most of your days just, you know, you've got only one or two people that you really talk to. And you can't talk to your nurses forever. <laughs> so, so it's a surprisingly lonely, uh, it can be a surprisingly lonely career. Mm.
0: Wow, that's an interesting response. I've never heard of that, but I can see why. Um, it's actually
1: quite quite a it's actually quite a big problem in dentistry. Um it's not talked about, but it's very I think endemic would be the right word to mm. to the profession. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you think are the best parts so far of your career?
1: I think a lot of it started to tie in with um, with a lot of personal development as well. Mm. Um, I have fortunately always been into sort of personal development, self-growth. So read a lot of books on, you know, all the self-help stuff, right? Accepting yourself and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, i feel like that helped me to embrace the career Mm -hmm. and invest into it so so the highlights started to become when i learned that hey actually um you can learn this really difficult procedure it's okay it's not Mm -hmm. that hard um there's some support around and when you started to when i actually sort of moved away from the idea that investing into dentistry was pulling me away from my dreams, <laughs> um, I think it the, the the it actually became a little bit more fun. Mm. Uh, I could actually say, hey, well, I wanna go to this interesting thing. Um, and in some senses, it wasn't even for the money, right? Like, of course, all these procedures, like you can earn more money and, and that sometimes is a bottom line for a lot of people. But for me, it was more of, uh, I can actually do this. Like I can actually feel confident now. I don't. I'm not suffering from imposter syndrome. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel um, that constant tear of like I'm not really an artist, but I'm not really a good dentist. Like that's a really terrible thing. Um, it's really weird because I feel like the more I invested, the, the more I invested into dentistry, um, and allowed myself to be, the more I was actually able to become an artist at the same time. Mm. So. So that was a that was a very strange occurrence to say, okay, I'm gonna embrace this thing, but you discover, oh, um, maybe I got a bit more funds to to do, to buy the you know to buy something that I like, or I got a bit more time to to do something like that like. Um I think even just the just the mental energy of not being torn into two allows you to enjoy things a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um so that was a that was pretty big.
0: What do you think was like um what, like, kind of allowed you to kind of embrace that side? Or, like, <laughs> I know this is hard to explain, but <laughs> maybe, like... um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I do a lot of self help, and I've been told by my, my psychologist that I'm quite self aware. <laughs> so, I'll try and keep the story quite short. Um, I think, I think a lot of it, um, I believe a lot of working on the inner. So that it comes into the outer, mm-hmm. and I think nothing changed in my profession or anything, my relationships, um, my my financial, my until the inner side started to change a bit. Um, and that was a lot to do with learning how to how to quiet the really anxious voices inside of me. Um, most of the voices would just be saying, "You're not good enough." Right, and and that would have come from the way my parents brought me up. I don't; they obviously didn't want to give me psychological issues. <laughs> you no, know, um, that happens. Um, and I feel like, I feel like, unfortunately, that happens whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, you, mm-hmm. like, it's almost part of your job to give your kids psychological issues. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, and it's part of your kid's responsibility, as it is your own responsibility, to overcome that. Um, so once you, so once, once I started to kind of. To learn how to accept um, my own flaws, my own limitations, um, my own ability to succeed and all the hard parts of life that had led to that moment, you know. Um, a lot of it had to be me being able to forgive my father for being such a hard father, um, to, be able to be able to forgive my mother for being so controlling um, and kind of accept this is the stuff that life has given me. And it's actually made me very, it's given me a lot of strength. It's given me a lot of growth. And all of those things have had purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, doing, doing the game and trying to learn business is really, really difficult. But every time I hit the difficult spot, I go like, dude, you survived a really hard-ass father. Mm-hmm. You survived really hard-ass dentistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can How do hard this. can like this you, be? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, like it, it is hard, but, you, but you've already gotten the strength for it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, whether my father did the right thing or not, it's hard to say, but I could learn how to be strong from it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think, I think that's when it's really started to change for me. Um, how to, that? that's when, that's when I was able to say, you know what, this dentistry thing is not so bad because I could accept it on my terms. You know, mm. it's not my mom who forced me into dentistry. It's not my, it's not my dad who, who, who. Like made me not believe in myself. I was like, no, I can, I can accept these things, own these things, um, make them mine. You know, it's my choice to be here. It's my choice to wake up and go to work. It's my choice to earn this money. Um, and in that, in that breath, I go, it's my choice that you know, I could leave mm-hmm. if I wanted to quit my work tomorrow. I could. It'd be terribly irresponsible, and I'd have <laughs> a lot of problems if I did. Um, but it becomes my choice. I'm not doing it because uh-huh. mom would be angry or dad would be upset. Uh, Uh i I choose to be here
0: Mm -hmm. it's like taking back control of your own life absolutely yeah um did this like kind of um self-improvement burst also occur like at the same time when your brother asked you um, about the game
1: no no um uh, the self-improvement thing has been very a very slow burn Mm -hmm. um like i had uh, i'll be frank that i had a rather severe anxiety depression uh, even in my second year of dentistry particularly in my second year dentistry so I had to go get psychiatric help etc many years later then my brother asked me to you know let's build a game together and even then I still hadn't solved my psychological issues I would say Um, this change has only happened in the last two years Mm -hmm. Um, the the really big changes have only happened in the last two years Mm -hmm. and and that was, yeah, so it's literally 10 years of trying to learn to accept myself. It was a very long 10 years.
0: <laughs> and there's going to be more years coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're nowhere near your, the end.
0: What was your reaction when your brother asked you um, to start a game together?
1: I was a little bit surprised because um, he's a lawyer. Um, so, yeah, the whole family's professional. <laughs> Both very,
0: like, yeah like stark contrast to gaming
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um i guess we both grew up with a love for games like you know we 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 both grew up on nintendo and things like that yes
0: my friend Uh just recently bought a switch so now we're
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's fantastic we're on it (laughs) it's great um and and i he i've I was surprised that he he actually had these hobbies. I didn't realize that he um, even entertained these thoughts. So, mm. you know, he showed me that, hey, these days it's actually possible for someone to make a game in their home on their PC. Uh, this is unprecedented kind of technology, right? Um, mm-hmm. In the past, you would have needed an entire company to make the simplest thing. Now you can literally make it on your computer. So what was your um,
0: first, like, you, y'all's first project was, like, game um... development. <laughs> And did it fall um, through we,
1: or no? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we, we went with the usual kind of things that every starting game developer would. We started to make something like a platformer. So it's like Super Mario Brothers. You mm-hmm. try and make something jump around the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then we, uh, and then we split due to artistic differences, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is quite common. <laughs> Did you guys have to um, learn
0: coding too, or did you yes, guys already know? Yes. Wow, that's very yeah. impressive. Because I tried, even like the simplest like HTMLI, like website coding was like I don't understand this language whatsoever. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I think I think if it, with coding, um, definitely game making is the way you should learn how to code. Mm. It's actually easier to learn wow. how to code if you try to make a game. So I would tell people, look, if you want to learn coding, just try make like, you don't have to become a game maker if you don't, you know, it's not your passion or something. Um, But it really gives you a a good way to learn coding. Oh, um, that's interesting. And there's so many tutorials for it. There are like a billion tutorials out there which will teach you how to code. Um, There are several platforms now which make it really easy. Like they will make it really easy for you to get into it. I think okay. web coding is actually one of the harder ones to start. With.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll do next. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so you said you and your brother split um, due to artistic differences. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, do you know why he stopped and then you
1: continued with this game development? Um, I. Th- For my brother, it was more of a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't even say a hobby. It was more like entertainment. Mm-hmm. It was just something fun that he could try his hand yeah. at. And then, you know, he would go on to try and write a little bit, um, this and that. And he just got very busy with life. He's mm-hmm. very ambitious. So, you know, he's working his way up the ranks. Um, he's almost near the, like, super high CEO positions or something like that by this point. Um, So I think for him, it was very much just a a pastime, something interesting. Um, For me personally, I've always wanted to become something else um, besides a dentist, you know, if I could. So I've tried writing books. I've tried Mm -hmm. drawing comics. Mm -hmm. um, I pretty much stayed a lot more in the sort of writing and, and drawing format of things. But once I learned how to make a game that that changed a lot of things for me because mm-hmm. i also uh create have created a lot of games in my in my spare time i tried to create board games mm-hmm. um i used to run these crazy camps with like hundreds of people playing these live action games um they were they were quite epic and reasonably stressful <laughs> um and and when i discovered hey you can make a game um it it combined all the things that I like to do. So you know, you could write a story, you could make the art, you mm-hmm. could create a system, and and um, so while I've been I've been making games for like five six years now, um, the the medium has really spoken to me. So like I still draw, I could still write, but I always go back to the game making mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's a um, uh, for an artist. Um, it contains all those storytelling things that you want Mm -hmm. Um, it has the advantages that you know movies and books uh, don't have which is the interactivity Mm -hmm. Um, and the yeah the immersion i suppose for for someone who is experiencing your product is, Mm -hmm. is is a lot deeper with games
0: um so how has your progression on development been like so you started with like the simple platform Mm. game and Mm. then moved on to next stage next stage
1: to be fair i'm still making a platformer (laughs) (laughs) um it isn't entirely that complex um so let's see a little bit about game development um you you start with really simple things if you're learning it you start with you know recreating pong right where you get the little you hit the ball across the screen, yeah um you you try a few things, and then I got into um have you heard of game jams? no, so so game jams are these really interesting events online, a lot of them online these days, where you and a whole bunch of game creators will get together and try and create a game within a very short period of time, usually oh, two days.
0: That's so cool.
1: Um, so usually it's like, it's a bit of competition style. So, you know, mm-hmm. if there are a hundred of you, you'll all split into small teams and you all try to come up with a little game based on a, th- a theme of the jam mm-hmm. uh, and you have two days to complete it. So it's very frantic. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, you come up with some random idea, you, you throw it against the wall and, and you make a little game in two days. Um, so, I started to do those, which are a lot of fun, and they force you to really like they force you to really focus in on the important things of making a game. Mm. Um, and And when I started doing that, it also gave started to give me a sense of what do I do that players enjoy?
0: Mm.
1: you know there there are all kinds of games out there, you know, from shooters to platformers to horror to like this. There's, there's a whole bunch of games out there um, and and so it started to help me learn my niche, uh, which is, I was particularly good at creating puzzle games. Mm. Um, and and I wasn't, and, and also your weaknesses, which is a good thing to learn as well. <laughs> um, it, I'm, I'm a very new coder, so it's not like I'm gonna go and code these really massive, um, intricate, um, you know, things which require 3D and all of that stuff, like it's just not gonna happen. So, so we said, okay, um, this is the sort of thing that we do. This is the sort of thing people like. Um, can we make a larger game? Um, so we actually, I actually um, won two of those game jams. Whoa! Um, they're not. They were big. So it's it's not like <laughs> it's not like famous or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It definitely. Once I once I had won them, it it made me realize that oh, these two games which I I'd created. They must hold some. Uh, hopefully, they hold some sort of promise. You know, people mm. like them, mm-hmm. uh, and from there, we. So I took. So I took both of those ideas, and and the first one I actually pushed to completion. So I took from the game, and this is quite common in the game industry. Um, you take a game that you that has done well in a game jam because it's got a bit of proof that this might be something, and then you tr- push that to a complete game. So you you know you add all the features, you you build it out. So my first that was my first commercial game. Mm. It took me six months to build and um you know hired a musician and all of that stuff, put it onto put it onto Steam, which is the online marketplace for the games, uh and totally lost a lot of money from making it. Oh. <laughs> which is okay. Um as uh, When I say lost a lot of money, I didn't lose like horrific amounts of money. Um, it just means I probably paid my music composer more than I've actually made from the game. <laughs> um, and that's okay. That was a learning curve. Um, it was a learning curve to what does it mean to bring something to completion? Uh, what does it mean to post it online, um, actually have people buy it? Um which is all it is all a whole stressful process in of itself which has almost nothing to do with coding yep. and nothing to do with making a game yep. um, and and that set up uh, that was that was a whole experience in of itself um, to do that really quickly mm. uh, then this then it came down to the second game um and this was this is a, a much more ambitious project um, so i've been working on this one for a good Three years now, mm. um, and because I'm new at this thing, it uh, I, the game has changed. Like I've gone, I've iterated this thing twelve times. Each iteration is like a month to three months of iteration. Uh, you go back in, you break it, you build the code back up, um, you draw everything up again. Um, and again, I feel like that's okay because I've never made a game this size before. Mm. It's 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 large for one person to handle um and and only I would say only within the last six seven months have I got a really solid idea of what this game is um how many steps there are to the finish line, and then a whole different world started to happen, which is uh marketing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and funding, mm-hmm. so right now, where I sit, it's um. You know, there are a whole bunch of things I can do by myself. I can do the coding and the art and the story all by myself. And those are those are already massive. <laughs> those are already really, really time-consuming tasks um, to take on. Um, but on top of that, now I need funding. So, uh, how do you find a musician? You know, if you want a really good musician, they're gonna charge you about a thousand dollars per song at least. <laughs> Uh, your game could contain anywhere between fifteen to twenty songs. Wow! So you multiply that. Um,
0: I did not know so, that.
1: Yeah, well, they they vary from price. Um, you can get some really cheap musicians, so you can pay fifty dollars per track. Um, that's quite affordable. But if you want somebody who is like, if you want a game which is going to be commercial, um, you know, you want to you want to see it on the Switch. You want to see. It that, um, <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, sort of where where we where I would want to see this game. Um, then it's going to have to hit a whole different level of achievement. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then you need a really good musician because um, this is the funny truth. You can have terrible graphics and good music. People will remember the game as epic. You can have oh, mediocre, You can have extraordinarily beautiful graphics and mediocre music, and they won't remember the game as epic. Huh. it's really strange but music actually defines whether the game will be epic or not
0: that's very interesting thank you so much um for sharing this long journey that you're still on um so how do you actually balance this side hustle at this point and your full-time job <laughs>
1: uh i don't <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah you you definitely uh, anybody who has a side hustle will know this you always have that problem of what uh, you call it yeah, yeah, yeah there are always things that are pulling against each other. um I have two kids they're only two and five years old. Um, I don't work full time at dentistry in a sense. Mm-hmm. I work three days as a dentist mm-hmm. um, and i i um I guess in some sense, then I sacrifice an amount of money. Uh, for to to do my projects, uh, my wife works, but she only works part time as well um, all in all i'm really I budget really well. I think anybody who does a side hustle like just <laughs> have to you have to budget really well you have to know like you have to know, you have to know your finances inside out you need to know what your, your financial goals are you need to know how much you spend you, um, everything if if you budget well uh i feel like it just takes all, like a, a lot of stress off you um mm-hmm. if you don't budget well you can it's really difficult to move because you're always stressed about money um so budgeting really well it was like a, it was a really big thing it was one of the big things that changed for me 2 years ago was just to grab hold of the budget and say okay we're going to we're going to like write out everything um and that's really helped. So you know, I, I can I don't feel guilty not going to work because I know that I've got enough money. The kids aren't going to starve. <laughs> you know, they're gonna have clothes. Uh, that can really stress you out. Um, time wise, uh, that's that's tricky to balance. Um, again, a lot of a lot of management. You you kind of saying you're gonna spend this much time on this and spending this much time on that. Um. But I find personally time is a, a lot more fluid than money, mm. um, especially when you have kids because there's no control as to when does the bedtime actually happen. Um, I, I have a wife, so making sure I spend enough time with her is equally as important. Um, do I? Fortunately, she's very understanding. Like she she knows that I want to do my work, and then she'll go and watch like a Korean drama or um, <laughs> NCIS or something. Um, she seems quite satisfied doing that, so that's okay. Um making sure exactly. Um but making sure that oh uh, look every every fortnight I have a date night with her, you know, every fortnight, Aww. you know, let's watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's there's the cozy there's you know, there's the cozy emotional part, but then it also makes sure that life doesn't get too like like <laughs> like like crazy, you know, happy wife, happy life kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, you know you have, you need time for the chores because you can't leave your wife to do all the chores <laughs> yeah. so yes i'm i'm a dentist but i i clean the toilets at home it, it's it's part of it's part of the cycle um and and i think a lot of that is to learn the humility of of, of life mm. um, you know you um but that's okay it, it's actually a good thing so so yeah um yeah i hope that answers your question to a degree like um uh just trying to manage as much as possible like you know have written times i'm constantly rewriting my my schedules um i, I spend i spend a good one hour a week just sitting down looking at what's ahead for the week mm-hmm. writing everything down neatly in seven days and, and all the time it spent and nothing will turn out the way that I <laughs> down absolutely not exactly um, <laughs> but uh but at least i had a plan <laughs> um thank you
0: so much for sharing this um as we're wrapping up the episode uh do you want to tell like give a marketing pitch on, if you can share any details on your um, game right now.
1: Yeah, more than happy to. Um, So let me see, how should I do this? Um, Well, I'll just sort of throw the pitch out and and see how it works with people. So my game is currently Alchemist's Mountain and it involves hybrid pixel art uh, and... These sort of dungeons uh, which are very intricate and puzzly. Uh, They're very reminiscent of the old school Legend of Zelda kind of dungeons, mm. um, where you need to figure out the different rooms and the different mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, it has that whole, you know, old school vibe about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of story, it's it, it's very much a story which captures a lot of the lessons in life that I feel I've learned. Um, a lot about how to accept the hard and the difficult parts of life um to realize that out of it it's actually out of the really hard parts of life that the really good things come out mm. um it's where it's where beauty it's where justice it's where um these things come out from it's the hard parts so we embrace them we learn to appreciate them um so, so hopefully that uh, that theme infuses the story, the characters um, becomes a an exciting adventure to to go on, to climb up this mountain and you know unravel all these crazy dungeons and and get a get a slice of life, get a little glimpse into what matters.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I will um, link everything in the show notes. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll send you all the links. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs>